Yo, yo. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of, well, episode three of Voice, uh, Voice of the International Community Experience. Uh, we are live. I'm here with my uh, offsider partner in crime, right? Gomez. Gomez Brown. Yeah, Gomez Brown. Another, uh, another episode. Uh, first two episodes have been fire. Uh, thanks a lot for all the support. Uh, I've got a little bit of stick for some of the things I've said, so I'd like to apologise to all the sexy nanas out there, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, wow. and and a few people that might might have thought I was chatting about them. Just as a disclaimer, I was speaking about my experience, and I've met a lot of people along the way, and uh, some people might agree with what I said, or some. Some might not, but it's all just uh, my experience and my viewpoint at the time. I got Gome here, who's a counsellor, so hopefully he's going to put me straight by it by by about episode three thousand and twenty-one. <laughs> it's not what counselling is about, mate. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I got no hope there. Uh, but yeah, so I guess today's episode is. Uh, we're, we're basically speaking about identity mm. and uh, who are we? Who am I? Uh, who am I? Yeah. Before we kick off, I just want to say a little something. Um, a lot of deaths in Zambia, COVID related at the moment. Oh, for real? Yes. Wow. Yes, a lot. And I think it's kind of poignant considering we kind of touched on that in, in episode one. Yes. Um, but yeah, man, uh, my dear pastor died oh, a couple wow. of days ago. Yeah. Uh, send out my sincere condolences to his wife and kids. Yeah, for sure. The Chanda family uh, in Indola, thinking of you guys, praying for you guys. Uh, Dali Sobanda. Yeah. Yeah, his mum passed away. Oh, you're lying. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Um, Shout out, Deliso, thinking of you, man. Yeah, I'm going to come and visit at some point. Yeah, as, so sorry. As we yeah, do as Zambians. Yeah, we've got to come through. Uh, Chimmy uh, has lost a few relos as well. I know he's lost a cousin. And there's a whole lot of news coming through. A lot of All COVID-related. I assume so, yes. Okay. Yes, it's, it's quite rampant yeah. at the moment. So Yeah, it's taken a while for it to take effect, though, you know, and because we thought when when it all started that it was as soon as it got there it was just gonna yeah you yeah, know yeah. annihilate everybody because you know mm. the, the health system is great but it's not it wasn't ready for that sort of um not even zambian great is good enough yeah to manage <laughs> exactly something so proportion. it's uh it's, it's very interesting and, and in a country that doesn't have social security it's very hard for people to stop working uh and rely on the government to do something for them because it's not it's not being the experience but not being political um we just want to offer our condolences to the families that have lost absolutely loved ones yeah and um you know thoughts and prayers are with them yep absolutely all right so identity who am i yeah. yeah, let's kick off with you. Yeah. Who are you? Who is Daniel? <laughs> I <would> um, in <laughs> fact, a lot of the feedback I'm getting starts with, who is this Daniel guy? <laughs> so oh, I think it's, it's a really uh, critical yeah. thing to be talking about. 
episode three. So well, who is Daniel? Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question. I think the it's multi layered mm. because of you know where I was born, where I grew up, and where I am right now. Right. Uh, so that being in different countries, it's I kind of try to figure out who I am. And the best way that I can place it is to go with the culture and the heritage my father placed in the environment we grew up mm. when we were with him. So mm -hmm. I'm essentially Zambian. I'm Ngoni, which is N-G-O-N-I. Um, I lead with that in everything I do because my father brainwashed me into thinking because I'm Ngoni, I can achieve anything and everything in the world. So that's, that's exactly why I do what I do, how I do it. Just I have for, no fear. For those who may not know what Ngoni means, mm. in a, could you explain what, what that is exactly? Oh, okay. <laughs> the Ngonis are basically a warrior tribe mm. from the eastern part of Zambia. And uh, we left. South Africa during the Zulu Wars. Uh, and Shaka. Shaka. <laughs> well, Mama. we're warriors, but we weren't warrior enough for Shaka, though. So we left. The king of the six pack. <laughs> what? He was, he was next level. But uh, so we left, went through Malawi, and then actually ended up in the eastern part of, of Zambia as the quite possibly the only warrior tribe in the country. So my, my father always told us if we wanted to take over the whole country, we could have, but uh, <laughs> we weren't, that we weren't that sort. Yeah, we just, we just wanted our own space so we could just relax and chill. Yeah. But um, so the, because we were warriors, we were, we, we were raised with a level of bravery mm -hmm. that, that it goes beyond um, what other people think. Uh, and a self-esteem that is born from who we are rather than who we're around. Uh, mm. And that's, that brings uh, a level of freedom to, to try, explore, fail, fail big, uh, and then start over again. I've seen my, my dad uh, start from humble beginnings to achieve very great things. Uh, lose it all and come back even stronger. So it's g it gave me the sense that I can do the same thing, mm -hmm. and failure is not um, is not something to to be shy or or to to think people are going to look at you a certain way. So I have that sense of of self, which. I guess I took for granted for a long time because I thought it was normal. Yeah. But it, it might not be. Uh, uh, but it is who I am as an individual. I, I, have, I used to be very shy as a kid. I also used to be, uh, which, which led me to be, you know, afraid of my own success. Mm. But, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Afraid of success. Yes. I... I I wasn't sure success was for me when I was younger. Right. I wasn't sure I was worthy of success. Mm. So it, it, took, it took me getting older and what I was doing being reinforced for me to, to actually believe. Mm. And subconsciously, 
I gravitated towards the things I was good at. Mm. And I saw I was being recognized for those things, so I did that more. Yeah. Uh, and some of the things were good, some not so good. <laughs> the only thing what was important was I was good at it. So, and I was getting recognized yeah. for it. So, and what that were some of the things you good built at? me some of the, the <laughs> well, I was, I was quite good at, so- at golf. Yeah. I, was, I was not good at soccer mm-hmm. uh, when I was young, simply because I wasn't fit enough. I had the technical ability, but I wasn't good, so I was never picked. I was always picked last right. or not picked at all. And then, um, but I, so I gravitated towards golf uh, and I played golf quite a bit. And then after that, I, I realized I was good at dancing. Mm. So I started dancing at every party and doing all that. And it, it was fun. I got recognized for that. Mm. All the, the, the attention that I craved, I started yeah. getting. Michael Jackson. Yeah, I did, I did, all, the, I did all the moves. Yeah. But, you know, I'll be honest, that, that was actually reinforced by my mum. She uh-huh. used to make me dance at all the parties. Yeah. And I got that, you know, everybody was so excited to see a little kid dancing. Uh-huh. Then, and I just carried that on. But, so when it was time for me to go to my own parties, and I, I, I'd do a dance move and everybody would get excited about it or I'd see my brothers do dancing and see that and I knew I was better at them <laughs> dancing so when I started doing it I got more attention for it mm. it was amazing so I stuck with that then I oh, this is going to get me into trouble I always get into trouble on this <laughs> this podcast so I, I don't know but <laughs> hey, say, it. say the one that's yeah, pretty yeah, obvious yeah, yeah. no no then I, <laughs> Well, that's pretty obvious. Eh? Uh, then I, I found out I was, I was pretty good at fighting. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, and that was reinforced by my dad because he always called us warriors. So we, we always went out with this, this belief that we could. Mm-hmm. So when I fought and I, and I won mm-hmm. and everybody was excited, that became my thing for a while. <laughs> Daniel the fighter. Yeah. So, so I, I remember um, going to a, a high school dance and somebody approaching me as I walked in and begging me not to fight that day. <laughs> That's when I knew I had a problem. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly when I knew I had a problem. So you can come into the party, just don't start fighting. Yeah, it's like, please. Just... No, but this was, they let me in. Yeah. And then she approached me and said, look, I know I'm the only person that everybody, no, everybody said I should talk to you because I'm the, <laughs> they think I'm the only person you'll listen to. Right. Please don't fight today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then that's when I realized that, okay. It's now part of your it's identity. Now, <laughs> it's now part of my identity. Um, okay. It's it's weird. It's it's probably still part of my identity. I don't fight anymore, but I'm not afraid of a fight. Mm. So I'm, I guess that that contributes to my my confidence, I suppose, mm. and my. What's well, interesting you say you say that because I think I was saying this to you after the last podcast that yeah, one of the things I really appreciate about having you, um, just as a mate in general. Yeah, but you know beyond that even being able to do this podcast is you're a man that gets in the ring you're a guy that is not just uh not just a talker not just 
someone with brilliant ideas, but you actually jump in the ring and you, you know, you're in the ring fighting. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it may not necessarily be the fighting that you grew up with, you yeah. know, knocking someone over their head. <laughs> but I'm not proud of that, by the way. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> but I feel like there is a, um, there is a mentality that's about go getting like you know in australia we talk about a go-getter yeah you know a hustler you oh, wow. you know you go for things and you don't just sit on the sidelines and talk about stuff yeah you know yeah. this this podcast probably would never have materialized if you hadn't gone let's go look at the premises and then next minute so <laughs> what we're gonna do is yeah, put the headphones on yeah. let's go <laughs> press play so, let's, let's get it cracking yeah, I think the fight, the fight is, is probably um, something that I, I definitely appreciate. And yeah, I, I haven't seen you fight physically. So yeah, <laughs> and you probably my, never will. That's my reference <laughs> point from a fighting <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is that I, you know, from that, that fighting spirit, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But the mm. most important thing is that you're, you're learning from everything that you go through. Mm. So all the losses are not losses. They're just lessons. It's not going to work. Mm. So you just keep moving. Mm. I never feel like I failed at anything. I only fail if I don't try. Mm. And that's the thing. So I have a fear of not trying. Mm. Not I getting in the ring. Yeah. So mm. I, I don't have a fear of, of failing at anything. If I, if I don't try, I, I can't live with myself. When I go home, I think, why didn't I do that? Because mm. it, you know, the outcome, if it goes one way or the other, I can learn from it and get better, do it again until it works. Mm. So that's such, such a great attitude, I think. Yeah, I think so. But it, you know, it comes from a lot of a lot of reinforcement. Right? Yeah. I've yeah. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of podcasts myself. Yeah. Um, you know, Jim Rowan's Best Life Ever. I've, I've read all of Malcolm Gladwell's books. Yeah. Um, I've listened to Earl Nightingale. I've listened to um, a lot of uh, Napoleon Hill, oh. Think and Grow Rich. Okay. So all, right. all of these things have contributed to, to who I am today mm. uh, as, as a person. So uh, if you had to summarize that in a sentence, yeah. who you are today, what, how would you describe, summarize that? I'm a passionate individual who's about continuous improvement mm. on all aspects of my life. Mm. So, and I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better business person. I want to be a better boyfriend. Mm. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better everything, right? So, yeah. and that is part of who I am on a day-to-day -day basis. So I can come in here with my own thoughts, listen to what you're saying, and if it's going to improve um, who I am or how I communicate or how I do things, which is why I kind of, I, I appreciate you as my, my, my co-star in this, mm. is that we're, I listen to what you say sometimes and pick those gems up and add them to who I am mm. immediately. Mm. I don't, I don't, <laughs> if they make sense in there, they'll improve who mm. I am. I don't, think about it I don't mm. you know I just add them in and let's keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm <coughs> not because I want to be better yeah. you know 
or even this podcast i want it you know i want episode two to be better than episode one and episode mm. three to be better than episode two and just we just keep growing and, and, and impacting uh people's lives yeah now onwards I, and upwards yeah that's uh, that's that's the only mentality i have and it's it's why even the um the the book well the little booklet i wrote which is the nine tips and it it talks about all the the things that migrants need to know when they come here oh yes it's it's yeah it's just about giving them the information so i'm older now so i'm i'm supposed to be in my culture i'm supposed to be a source uh, of information a source of information so it's basically all i'm doing yeah is that i've learned this stuff and if you want to live the 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 good life here um, you want to understand first how people are living in this country why they do it and how different it is from yours but it's also the only way you can succeed here so mm. understand it and then go forward mm. so all of this stuff has built me up to to be an old wise man love it love it love it love it <laughs> Well, I think I'm wise anyway. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> might tell me different. Well, you're old. As they do every... <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely old. So, one of the things we spoke about last week... Yeah. Um, over a meal at Nando's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good old Nandy's. ...was how it's going to be really interesting to kind of put out what we think in terms of our own identity. Yeah. And then maybe get a guest at some point to come in and give a different cultural perspective on how they perceive us. Yes. Because um, I think it's really interesting to get feedback from other people. What's of course. your experience of me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's easy oh, to... You've got to be careful of, who we bring in here. Know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we probably need two, three meetings to kind of... <laughs> to set the boundaries. Go through some interview processes here. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Anybody can come in. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, but... Yeah, really, always interesting, I find. And again, probably from a counselling perspective, it's always interesting to hear how other people perceive you. Yeah. How other people feel when they're with you. How people feel when they walk away from you. Yeah. Um, and kind of... Almost that feedback loop where you incorporate, like you're saying, some of... The stuff you're picking up on the way in yeah, like, oh, yeah 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 this, this is useful for my identity this yeah. is not kind of i'll just leave that yeah 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 but that dialogical process of engagement and, yeah you know conversation and feedback back and forth is is great it's very important i think because it, it, the you know you might think you're onto a winner mm. when when everybody leaves your presence and they feel exhausted from mm. from having to overthink mm. underthink yeah. or just not appreciate the things you've been saying yeah. and um you know it's a mixed bag out there so i'm not i'm not thinking that as an individual i think this the level of freedom that i have to an extent is that i i'm not trying to get everybody to like me mm. right mm. i understand people have different backgrounds and yeah. different thoughts and i just I'm only interested in those who are interested in knowledge or those who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Anybody else, I, it really has nothing to do with me. <laughs> so what do you do with those people? Which ones? The ones that may not necessarily be interested in knowledge, the ones that may not agree with you, the ones that may... I'm essentially like an, a mirror, mm-hmm. right? 
So if you like me, I like you. If you don't like me, I don't like you. Okay. <laughs> it's just what it is. I I mirror people's energy. Uh-huh. I, I'm never going to try and make somebody that doesn't like me like me. It's not okay. part of my nature. I, I, I'm not that guy. Right. So. So it sounds like there's a lot of pressure on other people to no. determine the outcome of the relationship. No, there's there's zero pressure on anyone. Okay. Because there, there is no... I don't need people to like me and I don't need to be friends with a lot of people. I but just from their perspective. So someone yeah. that wants to be part of your circle, for yes. example, the onus is really on them to give you a good vibe, a good energy, a good... And then you can mirror that back. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, it, I mean, that's essentially what you want to do if you want to make a friend, though, isn't it? Is that you're not going to go in there with with negative energy in order to make a friend you're mm. going to go there with good energy right mm. so you know they, they might have heard stuff about me or not heard stuff about me and mm. you want to just you say hello and we have a good conversation and that's it you know yeah. it, it doesn't have to be anything more than that mm. um, but if you come with negative energy i'm not going to bother is this oh, i will fight you yeah no <laughs> I think that 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 will probably be a UFC podcast a fight zone one but no I've not you know uh, even though I I will say that I like a good fight mm. you know I'd rather watch the fight than participate at this point in time the physical fight yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather watch one on TV or something than speaking than of which what's your prediction for the McGregor-Dustin Poirier fight. Look, I think, you know, McGregor is an awesome guy. And I, really? I appreciate his... Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, I say money. he's awesome, not, not because of his, of his... He's a great marketer, because mm. I don't believe mm. he's, he's as radical as he, as he says he is. Mm. I think... Mm. Uh, and, I, and he works very hard. Um, but, you know, it would be nice if Poirier won. Mm. Okay, so your money's on Poria? No, I'm, or your heart's I'm, on Poria? I'm not putting any money on him. I'm, okay. just, I'm, 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 I'm the youngest in my family, so I'm, I've always been the underdog. So right. I, I go with the underdog. Yeah. See, that's a very Australian thing. What? We love an underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, for that very reason, yeah. like you, I'm going for Poria. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now, he's, before he's, we get too far away, I know, we, we get distracted with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On a more un-Australian note, yeah. even if Australia is playing someone else, mm-hmm. if the other person's the underdog, yeah. I will support the other person. Yeah. So uh, India-Australia cricket yesterday. Yeah. I'm you were going for guy, India. But I was like, hey, India's got a chance <laughs> to win this. <laughs> do it. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. And they did. But you, I digress. Yes. Oh, they did? They, they did. Oh, yes. right. Now, I think, you know, I spent a bit of time talking about who I am. Now, we, you're not escaping this one. I think a see, few see people want to know who this see, gummy see, is. See what I do. Gummy Brown. You're not dancing around this one. I've listened oh. to the other podcasts. I see how you you yeah. get me. Yeah. yeah, get you saying all the bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw something in and let me, let me go. Um, okay, so I think I said in the first episode that some of my background is counseling Mm -hmm. the other part of my background is uh i guess grew up in a christian home and studied theology so i did a 
bachelor, my bachelor degree is in pastoral ministry. Yeah. And so just from the get go, I need to set the scene and say that my identity mm. is very much influenced by those two fields. Yeah. My identity is primarily theological. Uh-huh. So this might be a bit controversial for some people, but um, deeply rooted in theological foundations and okay. particularly from a Christological perspective. And I'll explain that. Yeah. Um, if I was to summarize yeah. who I am, I would say I am a perfect man. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> I am I am a perfect man mm-hmm. or perfect son of God. Yes. Primarily. Okay. Um who is relational? Mm-hmm. Deeply relational. So I guess what that means, part of that being a child of God means I'm deeply relational. Yeah. And so my identity is linked to again like success. Yeah. Relationships uh, with people. my relationships, my significant relationships. Yeah. So I'm my father's son. Yeah. I'm my mother's son. I'm Zemaya's dad. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm your mate. Yeah. You know, so I I perceive my identity relationally, but yeah. grounded in that theological kind of framework in terms of a perfect child of God. Yeah. And when I say it's Christologically determined, it basically what I'm saying is it's I'm perfectly God's child because of what Jesus achieved. So it's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do with my culture. It's got nothing yeah, yeah, to do yeah, It transcends yeah. all of that. Oh, wow. Um, and what that means is, funnily enough, mm. I see other people in a similar vein. Ah. So I, my perception of other people yeah. is also theologically grounded. See, now you make me want to change how I... <laughs> no. Um, no, so, no, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I work in a counselling context, and mm-hmm. particularly with drug and alcohol. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in that kind of field, it can be very, uh, what's the word, discouraging when you deal with people who have really strong addictions. Yeah. Uh, it can be really discouraging when someone's sitting across from you and telling you stories of trauma, really sad stories of abuse. Yeah. Um, and you see the cycle of addiction and they just can't seem to get out of it. Spiral. Yeah. If you don't have a bigger sense of hope for who these people are, mm-hmm. it's very easy to get discouraged. It's very easy to kind of go, there's no hope for this guy. Yeah. Look at, look at this cycle that they're in. Yeah. Um, so my, my self-identity as a child of God um, translates to how I perceive even those people. So I perceive them in a similar vein. But what that means is there's more solidarity than there is difference. Yes, 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 Um, yes. And so I I think there's something really important about viewing myself that way Mm -hmm. because it gives me hope Oh no, for sure. Um, not just for myself, but it also gives me hope for them. For other people, yeah. Even when they don't have hope for themselves, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, that's that's my identity. It's primarily yeah. child of God, mm-hmm. made in His image, which means relational mm-hmm. because God is relational, 
and being made in his image means I am basically a relational being. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was saying earlier, it's very important for me to get feedback in terms of how people perceive me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, rather than just tell them this is who I am. This is yeah, who I am. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, important yeah. for me to understand who am I with you? Yeah. Who, who am I? Where, you know, how do you perceive me? Yeah. In, in terms of your engagement, interaction with me. No, that's that, that's pretty good. As long as your your self esteem is not linked to how they they perceive you. No, because it's grounded in theology. In theology, not okay. In yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. in in a similar vein, I think how I explain who I am. Mm. Now, I when I work with the international students mm. and I help them through whatever issues they've been through, yeah. I because of my strength and character and being able to go through all of the things I've been through mm. based on my cultural upbringing yeah. and watching my father do the same mm. and my experiences here in Australia, I represent a, a, a glimmer of hope for them. Mm. So whatever yeah. they're going through, yeah. I, I show them a way of getting out of it. Mm. So I never feel like they are stuck there. Yeah. I try to show them that they are not stuck there. All they have to do is this, 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 and we help them through that to get to where they, they're supposed to be. So uh, I've done that so many times uh, with, a lot of, with a lot of students here, and it's, that's also become part of my identity in mm. that that's what I do. It's who I am. So who I am has translated into what I do. So mm. it's... Oh. Say that again. <laughs> no, I really want you to say that. Yeah, yeah. So who I am is translated into what I do. Oh, I love and that. it's 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 seeped into every aspect of my everyday life. Mm. So my father taught me how to play golf when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, I sat down and I thought, what things make me happy? Mm. And I do all of those things every week. Mm my job i created my job mm. so doing my job makes me happy yeah because i factored in all the things that <laughs> i love to do mm. i put them in there yeah. i play golf every week i do this podcast because i enjoy it i don't do anything i don't enjoy mm. uh, so i make sure that that is my life is filled only with the things i love to do mm. um which Love it. sometimes contravenes with other people's <laughs> happiness. Yeah. But if they understand who I am mm. and why I do what I do, yeah. it, 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 uh, it makes it a better interaction. It mm. makes me better interact with everyone else because I'm always happy. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, I, lo I love that. Mm. I love so many um, elements of what you just said. But it also reminded me of success. So yeah, and I think what I heard as you're speaking is there's something about being your authentic self. Yeah, that in my mind equates to identity. Oh, for sure. So if you have the ability to live out your life authentically, mm -hmm. like transparent. Yeah. Um, I, th I think that's one definition of success. Of course, I, I would find. My problem is, um, unlike you, again, we spoke about body image last week and I felt like, I'm so not there, I want to be there, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, 
Same with identity. So what mm -hmm. I described earlier in terms of my identity is what I would describe as my authentic identity. That is okay. truly what I believe I am. However, yeah. However, I think because of circumstances in my life, uh -huh. uh, who I am gets lost sometimes because yeah, of trauma. So, mm. for example, I grew up very much unlike you, a mm -hmm. people pleaser. Yeah. And I still am. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm very much about uh, what do people want to hear? What do people want to see? What do people want from me? Yeah. And then giving them that. Uh, Sometimes there is a misalignment with who I truly am. And yeah. So, so there's almost a, what I would call the traumatized version of me, which is yeah. people pleasing, which is uh, indulging addictions to cover pain and hurt and yeah. all those kind of things that doesn't necessarily align with my, ver my version of, of who, I who you am are authentically. Yeah. And so in those moments, nothing will feel like success no it no, doesn't no. matter what i'm doing how well i'm doing it what yeah. people are saying there's this internal battle going on between who i believe i am mm -hmm. versus what i'm actually presenting to the world to the world yeah now that may be and here's the worst part about it because mm. what i'm presenting to the world may be uh absolutely uh palatable yeah from a, from a recipient, from a world's perspective. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that. You have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But internally, there's a sense in which I can never really be satisfied with that, despite yeah. people consuming that, uh, validating that, liking me because of that. Yeah. There's something inside that goes, I still feel lonely because I know that what they're accepting is, is not, not authentically me. Truly who you are on yes. the inside yeah see now that that's a, that's a great point because i've i i grew up uh, a people pleaser too mm. i used to have um my teenage years i had seven eight friends i used to hang out with constantly mm. we used to go out clubbing we used to do all the parties in that in in that clique and my brother would only have one friend mm -hmm. or two friends generally just one yeah. and my mum as generous as she was yeah. she would give us money every friday to go out mm -hmm. right whether that's normal in everyone's house or not but that's that was our norm because it was mm -hmm. something we did <laughs> not at pastor simple Quay's house in Look, roma that it happened there it was only because you know one night my brother and i went out and uh, we used to go out with limited money. And I, you know, I would go in the club because I was always the hustler. Mm -hmm. So I'd go into the club with the money that I had uh -huh. and go and hustle for some money on the inside, right. come outside, pay for him to come in. And one time I went inside and I met my uncle uh -huh. and I hustled him for some money. Uh, he gave me the money. I went and got my brother in. Uh, but the next day he told my mum that, okay. oh, you know your sons are out there with no money trying to get money to get yeah. so so, <laughs> so my mom was so pissed off uh -huh. that she she lined herself up for for a lot of trouble for the rest of her life because she said to us in all of that she gave us a full lecture and then in all of that she said if you want to go out just let me know i'll give you money mm. 
And then every Friday it was like she owed us money. So like, Mom, wow. we're going out. <laughs> She's like, so she had to give us money. Can't have Otherwise, yeah, she money. can't have us out there embarrassing the family, right? So, wow. so yeah, so that's how that ended up happening. So she would give us the same money. And we, by the time I got to the club, I was asking him to buy me a drink, right? Because, because I was paying for five or six people right. to get inside the uh -huh. club or whatever, you know. Gotcha. And that's, so yeah. all of that, you know, mm -hmm. over a period of time, the friendship group got smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I realized that they, some of them were, weren't really and you got better my looking, friends. And, yeah. More money. Better looking, <laughs> better looking right? <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think in all of that, the, the person that was the best looking was my, my parents because they had the money that we were, we were tapping from. Right. But anyway, um, so when I got older, I realized that I was disadvantaging myself because mm -hmm. some of the friendships weren't as strong mm -hmm. as I thought they were. Mm -hmm for various reasons, whether it's logistical or whatever, we stopped getting together and hanging out as often. Mm -hmm. So my brother was always having a great time. Mm -hmm. He could buy whatever he wanted, do whatever he wanted. And then I realized that I don't need that many friends. Mm -hmm. I only need one or two good friends mm -hmm. and I'm square. Yeah. Yeah. My life would be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So like right now I can count on one hand and maybe four fingers. Yeah. <laughs> four minutes. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many friends I actually have. Damn. And it's, and this is worldwide. So it's not, I'm, I'm, my circle is so small, mm. which keeps me happy. And handsome. And that explains yeah. the, the cars and the <laughs> lovely house. Yeah. Well, that's what they have. Right. So I'm just trying to get there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 one of those things that I I found. That's why I don't p please people anymore is mm. because they their contribution in times of need. You can only ever reach one or two people mm. that are willing to bat for you and go go as far as you can so i'm yeah. i don't know how to be uh an acquaintance mm -hmm. like i don't, don't know how to be on. a fake friend mm -hmm. i don't you're either my friend or you're not yeah right so that's no, that's no, how no. i operate so i only i i limit my the you know my exposure to people mm -hmm. um because <clears throat> I have that thing where if you're my friend, I'm willing to go to the end of the earth for you. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I know friends are. Yeah. So I have very few friends that, and every one of them can ring me at 2am to pick them up from Northbridge and I'll just get up and pick them up and drop yeah. them off or wherever, whatever they want to do. They need a spare bed. Yeah. That's always available. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'm always good with that, you know, yeah. so, but I, I, I don't, I don't hang out with everyone, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. I'm very capable of going to, going somewhere and by myself yeah. and just hanging out by myself. And that's, I think we share that, we have that in common where it's a, it's a possibility that we can do that. Yeah. You know, I can even go to the movies by myself. Oh yeah. I, have, I, <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I have no problem. I think, mm. I think. Part of the what you're saying is absolutely right, and I, I find the older I get, the less time I have 
to invest in pleasing the multitudes. Mm. Uh, although, having said that, I still feel like I I'm not re- always authentic about not wanting to hang out with people. For example, oh yeah. So if someone goes, "Do you want to hang out?" I go, and here's who. Oh, <laughs> this one's going to be controversial, but hey, I gotta say, this. yeah, one of the greatest things about having kids, man, yeah, wow, right? <laughs> you can you can blame it on hey, that. Nah, hanging out with the daughter, today. yeah. <laughs> and who's gonna argue with that? Nah, nah. Oh, okay, yeah, nah. You that's trying, right. You're trying to make you, me be, become a bad Good parent. <laughs> go you. <laughs> Great dad. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm sitting at home watching Netflix. <laughs> solo, solo. <laughs> no. But uh, I, I do want to be uh, a lot more authentic, and I think part of that comes with re-identifying mm-hmm. who I am and connecting back to who I really am. And I, I think for me, the important thing in terms of who I associate with is people that have the ability to see me for who I really am. Yeah. That is significant. Mm. Um, I'm less inclined to hang out with the people that, you know, I, I love Gummy Brown or, you know, the, or the superficial kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to be around people that will go, you're not being you. Yeah. You know, that will call me out. Even when the world is applauding me, uh, these people can say, you know what, I know you and that's... That's it's not, it's not quite, you. It's not quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think that for me is the ultimate desire I have in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, relationships. Yeah. It's just being around people that. But you know that's that's how we grew up though. Mm. Our parents were always like that though, and I think that's that's the thing. I, no, my parents never sugarcoated anything. Mm. Even you know, if you didn't work hard enough, they'll tell you you didn't work hard enough. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, it's a it's a beat. But you, yeah. it could have been an A, right? Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, 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 you know, yeah. we know how smart you are. Mm-hmm. You know you didn't do enough here. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll be honest, as a child, you don't really understand that bit there. When my mum did that the first time, for me, mm-hmm. I was in primary school. And my mum, my I got, I was so, I was fifth in class. It was ranked, mm-hmm. like, based on your points yeah. and this this term it was so hard the exams were so hard I, I came out fifth in the mm-hmm. class of 30 and I thought boom so proud of myself I thought mm-hmm. my you know my parents would be proud of me A report card came out and my my brother was always first right right he's probably the smartest person I know to be honest yeah. <laughs> this guy is yeah. next level yeah. Um, I think he's a borderline genius. We need to get him on the show. I think so. <laughs> if he was in this country, it would be we awesome. Need to get him. We but, need to get him in here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, he's only a year and a half older than me, so mm. it's 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 crazy. So I was always, like, he. we were in chasing, primary school at the same time. We were in, in, in high school at the same time. Mm. So he was always done extraordinary things in, in, in school. So I was fifth and I thought, look, I'm, I'm happy this with this. Good. This is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. My mum said, well, can't you be first like your brother sometimes? Right? And that for me... What was that like? <clears throat> I think there comes the word trauma again. Yeah. Right? So for yeah. me, mm. that was 
shock first mm. and mm. I was pain mm. and it was like you you can't see me for what I am it's only in comparison to my brother mm. so that and then I made a conscious decision to show them how bad it can be right so you went the other side I went the opposite okay okay <laughs> yeah oh, oh really you want me to be my brother? yeah you think Let yeah you so you, I'm not like my so brother exactly so I was like you're not happy with this let me show you how bad it can be so that you appreciate number five. Right? I hope you don't do that in relations. No. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that in relations. What? You weren't satisfied? Yeah. Okay. I'll, right. show, I'll show you unsatisfied. Work for the next time. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I, I, I basically went total opposite. Right. So my grades went all the way bad. Mm-hmm. For a long time mm-hmm. until I realized that I'm only disadvantaging myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sensing a pattern. Yeah, no, but it's it's true. Yeah. It's I mean sabotage. These, yeah, this, it's self-sabotage. So this this was the thing that I'm like, okay. And mm. and it's I guess it comes from not feeling like you're worthy. Mm-hmm. So you you self-sabotage so that mm. you don't you can't say you you failed. If you well, tried, you didn't try, did you? So yeah, so you did <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that's not, and that goes a lot. That can manifest into all the little things that you do. This is why mm-hmm. now I just do everything, and I do everything to the best of my ability. And that, if that's not good enough, I figure out how to make it better, and I just go for it. But I think I want to go back to that because I think that's significant. Because mm. I don't think your mum was ill-intended. No, when she said that, I I have a similar story. With she well. is perfectly fine in the cultural context. Yeah, that's I, motivation. I, I remember bringing a card, and I must have got something like ninety percent, mm-hmm. and showed that to my dad. And his response was, "What did the other people get?" Yeah, and that stuck with me. Yeah, um, and so talk about trauma. Yeah, you know some of those things ill-intended. But they stick. And I think part of why that stuck, at least for me personally, was because I associated achievement with love. Yeah. Those yeah, two yeah, things yeah, 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 yeah. became synonymous. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted my parents to love me, and by the way, being created relationally, yeah, um, one of your most fundamental needs, like you said before, is safety and protection. Yeah. Safety in terms of attachment, which means I can rely on my significant uh, parent yeah to be there for me of course yeah emotionally physically in all these ways um so when that doesn't happen you start trying to make it happen and yeah i think yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how i did it was to go if i bring home good enough grades <coughs> yeah that will get me the attention the love the connection that i so desire yeah and so to have that thrown in your face is not just attacking your grades yeah it's attacking who you are at, at an identity level oh yeah for sure um and so i you know i grow up i i think i've got about four or five degrees mm-hmm. now um and people have <laughs> four or five degrees four or five degrees and like i said from the outside perspective people go oh my god you've got all these degrees and i'm going it still did not give me what I really wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was the plaudits from everyone. 
Not from everyone. From your parents. It yeah, has yeah. nothing to do with everyone. Yeah, because yeah. Because everyone yeah. else is going, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, where are my parents? Yeah. Because they're the ones I want the yay from. Yeah. It's yeah. That's a significant thing in that you know we, the the way I see it is is that we, anybody on any level, all they ever crave for is their parents' approval. Just a little and high five, yeah. applause from your parents. Yeah. When they're disappointed in your effort, mm. it always seems like oh. they're disappointed in yeah. you as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Now, that for me is every it's most people's reality, but is not is not something that can provide you with sustainable happiness. Mm. I think what will provide you with sustainable happiness is attacking the things that you love with utmost the things that you love and you have passion for mm. with everything you've got mm. and that success will will translate into everything that you ever wanted in your life right that's the antidote to trauma yes. it's the antidote i reckon because okay. interesting yeah because mm. In as much as we want to please our parents, our parents see a bigger picture. They've experienced life <laughs> a lot longer Sometimes. than you've been alive, yes. right? So yeah. they, they have a vision of what you should do for you to be happy and successful and all of that stuff. Or a version of who you are. Yes. Yeah. And the, the, the square root of it all is that they just want you to be successful and happy right mm. so in the life that they've lived they think they've plotted a path mm. for that to happen mm. if you take an alternative path and you don't succeed mm -hmm. and you don't show them that you understand all these fundamentals then they will not they will always think yeah you did that but you could have done this mm. because if you'd have done this, you'd have been more successful. Yeah. So with anything that you do and you love and you put everything in it, you will get the level of success you want. Mm. So, and that will translate for them will be like, well done. Yeah. That's, that's all they want to see is somebody do something with passion. What I am keen to experience mm. uh, is where... I get the similar kind of acceptance, love, connection without having to do anything. So there, there is something that about yeah. just being that I feel is enough for people to gravitate towards me, love me, love the hell out of me, and especially my parents. And I, so I feel like there's... But that's okay between the ages of, <laughs> of one and ten. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Oh no, I think I think for me that is that is critical from birth to death. No, it's there's unconditional of, love they have for you. That that you will never that? They, that will never go away. How do you know that? Because we're parents. Yeah. Right? But how, as a child, how do you know? How do you know that this parent loves me unconditionally? What does that look like for a child? For a child? Hmm. I don't know. I always felt it though. I don't think See, because I didn't. Huh? I, didn't. Yeah, I, but, I knew it rationally, yeah. but I didn't feel it, which is why I kept chasing things. I kept chasing, but I, I guess, kept trying to be the best Christian kid. 
the best grades, the mm. best this, the best that, the nicest kid at church. Yeah, know, yeah, all yeah. All these things, because there's this internal sense of I'm not fully accepted, fully loved, and I, I know my parents did, mm. but I didn't feel it as a child. And I think, I think part, part of that yeah. is maybe a firstborn issue because you, you, you tend to, because I have conversations with a lot of firstborn kids and what the experience is, particularly when there's a small gap between you and the next one, mm. because the parents naturally focus on the more vulnerable child yeah. and all the attention seems to go there. And so you kind of learn to but be self-sufficient. Can you think of it in the context of your parents' parents? And what your parents, what I your parents, yeah, no, I yeah, have had to. Yeah. yeah, because they didn't experience mm. the, yes. the love that you want them to show you. 100%. Yeah, so it's yeah. impossible for them mm. to do everything that you want them to do based on the environment you're in because it's not, <clears throat> it doesn't come naturally for them. Yeah, and I think that's important in terms of the voice, mm. the voice conversation, because I think crossing over into a Western culture, yeah. the expectation and the exposure to what that could look like from a parent-child relationship yeah. is very different. And so it's not just about going to work and coming back and putting food on yeah. the table. I want cuddles, I want yeah. hugs, I want all this physical kind of... That's the thing. So when I we when we told, I love you. Son. Yeah, when we spoke in the, fir in, in the first podcast, mm. And we spoke about for uh, for for love in Zambia. in Zambia is provision, mm. Mm. right? It's how they show you that they love you is that they give you a, a a great lifestyle or they provide stuff for you to be able to go to private school to live in that environment. And your your mum will reinforce that your father's doing this yes. because. He, Yes. He loves oh, you guys. Well. Yeah. So that, that reinforcement for me mm. always looked at my dad doing what he did as a show of love for the family because it's not easy. Mm. And he could have very easily taken the easy way out and just just took it easy and was at home drinking all the time and yeah. abusing everyone. But he was out there grinding and making sure there was food on the table, mm -hmm. making sure everybody was clothed, everybody went to a great school, everybody was out there doing what they should be doing, supporting everyone through all their... He had seven kids, man. Wow. And we all went to private school. Is it, I, don't know, I don't know how he did this, but this, this is what he did, yeah. right? So... Hustler. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> he was a hustler in the true sense. Mm. So, I ultimately... I, I now come more probably from a from a psychological understanding of what children need developmentally yeah. speaking and so but i didn't I, get that though and i think I know. yeah and i i don't think it but it affected is, me in a great way it might sure, maybe it affects I, the people around me but mm. maybe but not me as an individual i think that's the great thing the great mm. thing about having the zambian context but also speaking from a western context yeah well. so i think from a western context those things are significant. So, very. That, you know, living in Australia now, having a 10-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. I'm very cognizant about giving her those things that are extremely relational, yeah. giving her those kind of attachment uh, 
attachment kind of provisions so yeah. stuff around safety stuff around emotional validation stuff around just allowing her to be whoever she wants to be and accepting her as she is and okay. just saying i love True. you for who you are despite what you do now i love that she's a great <laughs> singer and all this other stuff. that's great but it's important for me to reinforce that despite any of that okay i now, love you now, just because now imagine a situation where you grew up in an environment where that wasn't the thing mm. right and then you've transformed yourself mm. into somebody that does that now you coach like i coach all my all the soccer games the this the this i'm everywhere all the time my dad never coached my dad never coached any of my teams <laughs> he's he's only ever been to yes. probably one or two sports days in my whole entire schooling life I never felt like I missed anything though, mm. because that mm. was not, I, I understood that was not his primary function. It wasn't an expectation. Yeah. yeah. I never thought, mm. when I saw him, we were so excited because we were like, what? Dad's here? Yeah. Oh, snap. But we never Pleasant expected, surprise. yeah, we, mm. we never expected to see him there. Mm. Mm. And he never had the time to do these things because he had to provide for seven children. And yet, how significant was it when he did show up? It was great, but it wasn't, it, you know, I remember it mm. and I appreciate it more, mm. right? Because there is a, a situation in, in that if you, like you do all of these things and then these kids don't even appreciate it. Mm. Coming from a, an environment where they nev you never had that done for you mm. and then you flipped and done all this stuff for these kids and they don't appreciate it at all. Yeah. They still feel like you could have done more. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I think my dad probably feels like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you hug me more? Yeah. Tell me you love me more. I was like, hang on. I was out working my ass off. Yeah. I was Put it on the table, send you to school. Now you want cuddles as well? Yeah. What, what is wrong with you? And there's and a. And by the way, I did cuddle you. Just don't remember because <laughs> you're so Australian. <laughs> You want more cuddles. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, this is the environment we're in. Mm. So if this is what we're supposed to do or this is what they want, then we might as well just go ahead and do it. Because otherwise, you know, you'll be playing basketball with soccer rules, as they say. Yes. So, Bananas and apples. So let's summarize. So who's Daniel? At this point, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> Hey, I feel like this is an ongoing conversation and, yeah. you know, like you said before, and I love that, is that this, this conversation is about learning and growing and we'll continue to kind of redevelop our ideas. Yeah. By episode 10, who knows, I, might, I may be transformed <laughs> into an Ingoni warrior, <laughs> jumping in the cage, and fighting in, Connor. Yeah, and in this day and age, everybody is whoever they feel like they want to uh, be and that's... <laughs> Yes. That's, uh, That's a topic for another time. I think so. All right. Wrap it up, bro. All right. Thank you so much for uh, tuning into episode three of Voice. Uh, as usual, Gome, this has been a pleasure having a chat with you. It has. I, I always look forward to them. Uh, episode four, I believe, is going to have a guest, special guest, which is, which is going to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, we'll let you know who it is. And, uh, and, Look forward to and what we'll be chatting about. Well, it'll be part two of this to, to kind of give an impression from uh, a local Australian perspective what they 
what they think about us when they see us mm-hmm. uh, and then you know we'll just go from there Love it. I think I also want to talk next week a bit about the difference between Western Australia and Eastern Australia. See, I've only been to Eastern Australia for a few days, yeah. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be keen to understand those differences myself. Huge difference, but we'll talk about that next week. Okay, All brilliant. Right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Daniel, and yeah, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace. <laughs>